Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. I'm Dave. Dave, we're at episode number 10. Boy, how time does fly. It does. It does. It almost it, seems to travel. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned time yes. and travel, because uh, we just happen to be talking about time travel right now. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. always a fun, a fun show to... To, or topic to talk about on yeah. the show. Well, I, to be honest, I didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about time travel until you had mentioned, "Hey, yeah. we should talk about time travel." Well, there's a lot. There's so many aspects of it. There's the fun part of it. All these, you know, little videos that people have that show little tidbits of possibilities of time travel. But mm-hmm. and it's fun because <laughs> it gets you thinking, and and that's the funnest part about it. But then, and then after you enjoy those moments, if, if you're like me, you you think a little bit further, like, yeah, but really can that? Yeah. Cause you know, a couple of those look maybe serious, that it could be something, you know, and, you know, and, and then how can that be? And then, you know, it goes all the way back to Albert Einstein that, you know, seems to think that there's a pathway to that. And so it's a always fun topic because it could go from the absolute not serious at all, but fun to, well, this is going to be deep because mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a pathway to it mm-hmm. or it could almost exist to a point. So you know that I love science stuff mm-hmm. and, and this topic really fascinates me. There's so much science uh, like theoretical science that goes into this. There's people who, you know, they're theoretical physicists, and this is some of the stuff they think about. They use math, and they use, you know, all of these different um, theoretical tools right. to determine whether this is something that could actually and, happen. And I would love science so much more if I could understand the words that they <laughs> use. They have too many syllables. <laughs> It's hard for me to understand it, but I am intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of the intrigue because I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, but but anyways, go ahead. Well, I again, I'm I'm very fascinated by it because there is some real science that goes into uh, determining whether this is something that actually can happen. Uh, I I did a little bit of legwork to in preparation for the show because I, I did want to learn more about it. That's one of the cool things about this podcast is I'm learning more stuff right. in preparation to you know, have these conversations with you. So this was a topic that that fascinated me. Uh, The more that I, that I sort of dove into it, the more I go, Oh my God, there's more than just this idea of, of, you know, the, I guess the idea of, of you as, as a human, as an individual going back into time or going into the future. And then they started talking about, I'll, I'll bring up the name here in a second, but they were talking about, well, maybe we can't send an entire like human in to the future or to the past. Maybe we could send messages. And I go, oh, my God, it's a completely new way of thinking about yeah. time travel in the ability to send a message from one time to another time and, say, warn of a massive earthquake or... Uh, yeah, a winning lottery number. <laughs> I mean, there's that'd be nice. yes. it'd be crazy to think that you could actually send a message, maybe not an entire person, but send it send some sort of message to some person uh at at you know, sometime in the past or say maybe we are in the future and we want to tell ourselves, you know, in that previous time, maybe something about what 
the future holds. And right. I, and I think it's completely a crazy idea that that's something we could totally do. Well, I had to do a quick little look up real quick because mm-hmm. there's a great movie about that. Mm-hmm. And it's a Dennis Quaid movie. It's called Frequency. Okay. And, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it's about, but I think this guy is a fireman. Mm-hmm. And... I think that he, I don't want to give it away because you really need to watch it if you haven't seen it. I I wonder what platform it's uh, playing on because I'm totally interested. So without trying to give it away, he has a... Now go ahead. He he passes away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and so he he, he has a kid that grows up. He's in, I, I don't know, maybe in his 20s or so. Well... There's also a time where Dennis Quaid is still there, but they have this little ham radio that they talk into. Mm. Well, his little son was raised with a ham radio, and so he was chit-chatting and found out that somehow that that's his son. And so it was pretty neat that through time... His son tried... I don't want to really say, but... No, this sounds very familiar. Because I I think I've actually probably seen this. Because this whole story does make a li- it's sparking something in my brain. Yeah, the son the son kind of got to talk to his dad through time mm-hmm. and to like help save him from a situation that's going on through mm-hmm. his dad's time. Mm-hmm. And so that that was that would be that's interesting. It's called frequency? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to add that to my list. Producer oh, Ethan great write that down. In fact, in fact, that might be fun for us to watch tonight. Yeah. It's a good family show. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to have to add that to my list because I am fascinated by it. Uh, so there's a scientist. Uh, he's a theoretical physicist, I think is what he is. Um, and he, his entire focus is on time travel. His name is Ronald Millette. Okay. Does that sound familiar? Nope. Uh, Ethan, maybe you can bring up his, his picture here. Just look up time travel and Ronald uh, Millette. I wrote down some notes, so in case I forget some of the stuff that, uh, you know, that that I had, uh, you know, been watching and stuff. Because there's quite a few different shows on, I think there's even something on Netflix uh, about it. There's a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube, of course. But he's a, he's a professor now. Uh, he was fascinated by time travel uh, sort of when he was a bit younger. He lost his father. From I guess he had a heart attack. Yeah, there he is. Thank you. He lost his father when he was pretty young. His his dad was like thirty three years old, mm. and he he loved his dad, just absolutely adored, adored his dad, and got sort of thinking about time travel as an opportunity to go back in time and save his dad. Mm. Right. So there's this, you know, it's a, a movie script almost. Right. Uh, well, he basically started to research, and um, he has dedicated his life to time travel. And it's super interesting that he is, and I'm not a scientist. I don't know all the details, but bear with me here. I'm sure folks will call me out on it as I screw up some well, of the I'll stuff. I'll call you out on it right now. <laughs> uh, I just don't know better, though. But he, he was inspired by H.G. Wells' time machine. Okay. okay. And he also really respected Albert Einstein. Well, Albert Einstein, of course, has this theory of, of relativity and and some other things, and he describes uh, uh, the potential for time travel. We know right now that we can travel 
into the future. Correct. Right? Yes. I can't explain it. I've I've had it explained to me. Mm-hmm. But yes, it, it may not be how, I'm just going to say it this way, how Hollywood might portray it mm-hmm. to be. But at this point in time, I feel that we could, it's been, it's, we could prove that, that it can exist to a point. And so it's unfortunate I can't have a good discussion of it, but please explain uh, well, how the best, best that you can anyways. And, and I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm not going to do a very good job either, but okay. here's, here's, here's what my understanding is. There are several different people that I've heard about time travel about. And, and here's one thing that I think is very easy to understand. Okay. And that is, is light, right? So light travels at, you know, a constant rate, nothing can be faster than time, uh, excuse me, nothing can be faster than the speed of light. Neil deGrasse Tyson, a big fan of of his uh, education about science, he he makes it interesting and somewhat understandable to a lay person, non-science person, right? And he describes, think about like the stars, the light that is being emitted from a star right now takes a long time for it to reach our eyes. Right. Right? So what we're seeing is an image of the past. Yeah. Right? So that's a good way to explain it. Right? Yeah. So that's, yeah. And so that that gives me a little bit closer understanding of Example of what... is if that star decides to explode or mm-hmm. however they decide to go out, when we, de- when we see that reaction, it's already of... It's already happened a long time ago. It's like ago. a ripple in, in, in a lake. Yeah. It's happened a much longer time right. ago. Yeah. So they have, so think about the, this was another way of sort of describing it. And that is, so let me back up a little bit. So Einstein came up with this the equation that, that talks about uh, space time and the, the difference the, in how gravity impacts our perception of time. Okay. Uh, I think he calls it space time. Again, these are hard concepts for my brain to to really understand. So you know where I'm at then. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get out and lock in the hubs, put it in four wheel drive. Well, so he <laughs> talks about this 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 uh, equation where we can actually calculate some of this stuff. Well, this the some of the other folks have described the satellites that orbit the Earth, how they all have clocks on them, right? And, of course, we have clocks on Earth. And what they say, the clocks from the satellites appear to us to run faster than the clocks that we have here. And when they sent the satellites up originally, they couldn't synchronize the clocks. The ones that were orbiting the Earth seemed to run a little bit faster than the ones on Earth. And they couldn't figure out what it was until they applied Einstein's um calculations and as soon as they did that they were able to synchronize the clocks from those satellites to what we have on earth because the satellites you think about like gps satellites you they that those things track where we are they triangulate things they you know if you can um know the you know the ranges or what or whatever and you can track the time you can determine exactly where you're at on earth right so by using Einstein's equation, they're able to synchronize those clocks. Well, so that right there, even though it's such a small, minuscule amount of time, it's still true that we being closer to Earth, 
with a lot more gravity and those satellites being much farther away from Earth with very little gravity, gravity has an influence on time. It blows my mind that that is true. So if I stand in, and let's say I have a, sorry, so, <laughs> so if I, sta- if I have a 10-foot pole mm-hmm. and let's say, hmm, what should I get? <laughs> Can't get a puppy. Who likes to have a puppy get busy? Um, and and get a little ant and stick it on the end of it. Screw that. Damn spider. Put a damn spider on the end of that thing. Okay. And then the further I hold it out, you know, it's going way faster out there than it is me spinning. Mm-hmm. I'm spinning slowly and out mm-hmm. there is is just hauling butt so am mm-hmm. i like sending that sucker back in time when i'm <laughs> spinning around like that well possibly i don't it, i think it's it, in relation it almost to makes it gravity. sound like right so like is it the gravity gets the further away you get from earth at least to a point then i'm sure it maxes out if you will or but you know you get less gravity mm-hmm. so so does that mean that that time would be even it would faster ap- the further away you go? Yeah, it would quicker. appear that that object that's really far away, it would appear that that thing is actually um, going uh, much faster. Yeah, like that damn little ant. Yeah. And me, I'm just barely and, moving and I around. Think, I, think, I think that's the way it works. Again, this stuff blows my mind. Like, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it and, and make sense of it. There's uh, So this guy, Ronald uh, Mallette, he, he describes... Uh, gravity and light have somewhat of a, of a relationship together, okay? And if gravity, his, the way he looks at it, again, people are going to call me out on this. The way that he looks at it is that because of the relationship that gravity and light have together, and gravity influences time, and we already have practical experience, uh, experiments that show that gravity has an influence on time, yeah. that he thinks that light also then has an influence on time. And so he's come up with this idea. He's partnered with some other folks where he's going to take a uh, laser light and basically create somewhat of a of a loop of uh, with laser lights. And somehow doing this thing is going to impact space-time. And what's and I don't I don't understand the details of it. It kind of blows me away here. But what he's talking make about a vortex or something. He, well, yeah, he kind of describes. He he does this little demonstration with a coffee cup, and he's spinning, you know, swirling it around, and he drops a coffee bean. Stargate. Into it. <laughs> Is that what he's doing? He's making a stargate. <laughs> Sorry. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? I mean, that's what I mean. Because then it takes you to a different time, not necessarily a different oh, um, place. Yeah. Although, although space time and place have and this is going to get I'm going crazy here my brain is <laughs> is going to turn to jello uh so he talks about using light as a way of of um, manipulating uh, space time okay so but he describes this thing as he says with this you can't go to a previous time before the machine was turned on he says once he's got this machine built he says, moving forward in time, it's possible that you could then use this as a way of, let's say, communicating with, I don't know, communicating with what, but communicating back to any time after the machine had been turned on. Right. Gotcha. That kind of like blows me away. starting point. Yeah. 
Right. And he says, you know, maybe we don't, there's no way to get, you know, a human or an object to, uh, to, to, to go back in time, but to be able to encode a message into something and send it back in time, he thinks that that is totally possible. Right. Well, and then that's, that's the, you have a lot of smart minds that come up with things, plus the things that we actually know that you have discussed. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you see some fun things on online or, you know, on YouTube or whatnot, and uh, it adds the, you know, a little spark of possibility to it. Like, man, maybe, maybe, maybe that is a cell phone she's holding back then. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you wonder where's the rest of the technology that would needed to be mm-hmm. utilizing that cell phone. But, yeah. you know, but. So there, there's, yeah, so there are, like, the, the two different sides. There's, like, the real scientific side of, is time travel really a possibility? Well, it appears to be moving into the future, because that's a real thing as of right now. The further away you are from this massive gravitational force, that uh, it, it does appear that that influences uh, time, right? And then, and then the other is the idea of this, uh, you know, what you're talking about where someone... And maybe producer, you can bring up some some videos. You were talking about one where uh, it's like an old black and white Charlie Chaplin. Sure, yeah, that's right? a good one. Maybe you can find find that one, Ethan. And and it looks like they're holding a cell phone or something, right. talking on a cell phone or something. And, and the thing is about that one is is it's it's pretty interesting because you don't really see a cell phone. In fact, you can't if I can remember correctly, but. You can't see what she's holding, but yeah. how a person walks around on a phone and she's acting exactly like that. Yeah. And, and to put in place or to think about what you could put in place of the phone, I don't know. Yeah, so, so Ethan's got it she's up standing, on that. I mean. Yeah, describe this, Dave. Well, there's a there's a appears to be a lady that's walking down the street, and she has her hand. It looks like she's looks like she's holding a cell phone up to her ear, and in fact, she's walking around and talking, and she's posturing like she would stopped, talked. I mean, <laughs> it it looks like it would be. I would believe that that's what it would be if if it was a video today. I wouldn't yeah. think twice, yeah. but. This happens to be back in what? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 40s? It's black and white. Yeah. I don't even know. Um, but obviously, far before they had any type of that kind of a phone. Mm-hmm. So, but my th- my my other thing is is if that had to exist, well, so there had to be at least another person with one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? And you know the technology <laughs> that would yeah. connect them. Well, that's so. That's exactly you know. I'm I'm a skeptical guy, right? right? So when I see stuff like that, I go well. You know, as humans, we we we're really good at pattern recognition, right? And That's we're seeing right. a pattern that we see every day today. That's right, right. And so we're 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 sort of placing on that person what we see today, which is you know a hand up to the ear, and it looks to me like they are doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, right? But what's interesting, of course, is you mention well, then who is she talking to? <laughs> because of course, cell phones didn't exist way back then. The the technology to actually have a phone connect to a cell tower, which didn't just doesn't exist, right? So there's no technology at that time 
to for that to accommodate yeah, her to, to, yes for that to make any sense uh but there the, are but the, mm, you know? a cra- i can't I was, i've been trying to watch my mouth a little bit these days so <laughs> they're they're bat crap crazy people back uh-huh. then too so she's just been walking around talking to her uh-huh. wrist you don't know well there is an interesting piece of technology though from that that age and i don't remember what it's called but it's this it's an earpiece that basically it kind of opens up uh, at one end. It, it, imagine, you know, like a loudspeaker. Like an uh, ear horn. Yeah, like an ear. Yeah, there you go. And they put it up to their ear, and it basically allows the, the sound from the outside to get amplified into their ear right. so that they can hear a little better. And so there were folks that had that kind of technology back then, and so maybe she was hard of hearing, and she was just Wanted listening. To listen to herself? Well, listening to, I don't know, because it's a silent video or a silent uh, yeah, I guess I don't really. Yeah. We don't know what sound was going on out there at the time. I don't even know where this thing is, but yeah. But you know, to me, I don't jump to the conclusion. <clears throat> oh, there's a time traveler. I jump to the conclusion of there's got to be some logical explanation for that. I don't leap automatically to right. time traveler. So unfortunately, how I I have tended to go through some topics. You know, like I have gone through this. It was a while back, but you know, I I listened to some you know, real scientist stuff, you know, kind of like your, your guy and definitely mm-hmm. the, um, uh, Tyson, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but sorry, my stomach is growling <laughs> and I wouldn't be shocked if you picked that up. But, um, I listen when, when you, and I'd like to dive in. So I'll watch everything. Hey, well, I'll watch this. I'll listen to this and listen to this. And you hear all this science and then you watch. And then after you're done with that and you're starting to watch some of these silly shows, you're already amped up going, look at that. (laughs) See right there. So you're already, Uh you're trying to find little tidbits that fit your, you know, what what you kind of might want to, to be. Right. It's so funny. So uh, producer Ethan's bringing up another, another video this is mike tyson fight this is one of my favorites mm-hmm. because in the background mike tyson's sitting there i think this is like in the, in the 90s 94 95 and in the background there looks like that there's not only somebody recording mike tyson's fight with a phone but it almost looks like an apple iphone like you could almost <laughs> point out what brand it is and it's 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 pretty amazing because back then there weren't those kinds of things. The handheld mm-hmm. video recorders were cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I they were big. So I'm not sure the date. The video date doesn't match the date of the actual. Oh, there's so there's a title. 1995 fight uh, with uh, Mike Tyson, and of course 95 we didn't have all the fancy phones that we do today. Right, but. Uh, you know they're showing here some some potential as an explanation because there were handheld cameras and that sort of thing and you know there's technology that can fit in your hand that you still take pictures you know maybe it's not recording video I've never seen the footage of that (laughs) you know it'd be interesting for that person who's actually holding that thing would come forward forward. (laughs) and talk about it that that would be be fun yeah that would be fun and 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 I'm sure they get a kick out of it because do I believe that that's tonight no but it's it's a it it's so recognizable as one mm-hmm. so it's fun for me mm-hmm. to to pretend a little bit yeah yeah but uh, yeah. but that that's what gives a lot, a lot of people spark to even look into it cuz they're like what what do you mean time travel on mm-hmm. on um 
you know, on a Mike Tyson fight. I got to see that. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. So it's neat. Well, the, you can go down a rabbit trail with this or a rabbit hole and, and find yourself <laughs> inundated with all of these different conspiracy things. And you wonder what is true. Right. Well, that's that's the kind of the fight for me is, yeah, I know I'm joking around when, you know, we talk about topics, but mm-hmm. and I I know I'm wrong often enough, but that's my goal is to actually learn a little bit so I could gain a little bit of knowledge in these topics that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is a lot of, you know, false information out there, but it is fun to, but a lot of that false information is what led me to go find what was real yeah, or more real at least. Yeah. To look into it a little to bit. Look further. Into it. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of people don't, so they just look at it and go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So some of the things that I I find very fascinating is the uh, the paradoxes of actual time travel. So you think about the movie mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Right. Uh, what was the H.G. Wells one that I mentioned earlier? Oh, Time Machine. Yeah, Time Machine. Yeah, even, and even um, uh, Butterfly Effect. Butterfly Effect. There's another one. Yeah. Bill and Ted's <laughs> Excellent Adventure. That I was going to say. There's <laughs> proof that it exists right there. It's been documented. Yeah. Ask Mr. Bill and Mr. Ted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but those, the, I I love those types of of movies. Even actually, there are different shows that are like TV shows that it drives me crazy because then uh, there might be, uh, we'll just say the Avengers, right, where they use time travel in order to go back and and defeat the right whatever that guy's when i see that it's like that's just a not fair button or yeah you just want to be able to tell both sides of the story come on that's not fair yeah sometimes it it's used in such a way go oh come on that's yeah that's not fair but i i love the back to the future series the concept of being able to go back in time and then having that paradox of uh what was michael jake fox's uh character Oh Marty. Goodness. Marty. Yeah. Mr. So McFly. that's right. Mr. McFly. So he goes back in time and of course he meets his parents and he screws up by pushing his dad out of the way of the, of the car. Right. And that was the, that was the, the trigger. Effect, or... Yeah. That was the trigger to get his parents to meet. And you know, was her name Lorraine to, to fall in love because she was taking care right. of him and all this. It turns out, you know, Marty's the one who gets hit by the car. But but to find out though, I mean the 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 fun twist to it, a, a fun show like that because there's some depth to that show. Mm-hmm. Is that's how they always met? Yeah, that's not how it was. Maybe his parents met. That he didn't accidentally change how they met. That's probably how they always have met. Oh, see, this is where because my mind starts. It, it, he didn't go back. He didn't go back and accidentally change things. Screw up. He went back and created what was going to happen, what, how it happened. That's just the only way it was supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? I do. And, and this is an area that, it, again, it makes you wonder because there is this paradox of going back in time. And, and you know that but because you're watching the movie, you know that it, they end up, it works out in the end because they still do get together. Well, because that happened, that's the way it always happened. Right. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of the 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 matrix deal, like when he comes over and he I'm sorry, I can't even remember what he knocked over, the vase or something. Mm-hmm, yeah. He knocks over the vase cuz she said, "Hey, uh watch out or mm-hmm. something." 
And then she's like, well, now you're going to wonder if you knocked it over because I said something. Yeah, right. And you're like, yeah. Oh. oh. oh so there's this, uh, well, let me see, what is it called? Uh, okay, it's called the grandfather paradox. Okay. Does that sound familiar at no. all? So the grandfather paradox is, is kind of what we're talking about, where you think about if you were to go back in time and kill your grandfather, then that would eliminate you being born. Right, and everything in yeah. the wake of my life. Right, and so the, exactly. And so the, the grandfather paradox is, of course, well, what if you do go back in time, right? And so this is sort of one of those brain games. You go back in time, and you attempt to kill your grandfather, but are unable to. And you keep going back in time and going back in time and trying to repeat. And every single time you make the attempt, something prevents you from it happening. Hmm. So there's a different sort of force that is at play. Right. Like it's keeping you from being able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there is a there's more of a purpose. Yeah. You know, you can't change the powers that begin. Right. You're not where you belong. (laughs) So there's a third one, too. So the first one is going back and actually being able to change and, you know, impact, you know, like the Marty McFly story. And then the other is not being able to, like the grandfather paradox. And then the third, and I want to say it's Brian Greene. I think he's a theoretical physicist, really brilliant guy. He talks about, well, maybe going back in time and, and, and influencing one of those things, somehow by that you are going back into time to a, we'll just say that it's the same, it's a copy of that experience. So when you go back into time, you're no longer actually going back to the same timeline. You're going to another timeline that's identical and now the future of that other timeline has it, it, a different future. So you're talking like like parallel. Parallel. There you go. Parallel the instead of going parallel universes instead of mm-hmm. going back and forth. Right. Yeah. So you accidentally jump onto the next train that's going that direction mm-hmm. and screw with that thing and jump back. You know? Exactly. But exactly. yeah, it it, it kind of blows your mind to think about the the potential options here. I mean, because right now we don't, of course, have well, time travel that we know of. Right. Well, because time, for it's it is a little bit rough because this isn't. How do I say it? It seems like you can always put a, a time limit on something. <clears throat> how how much time to get to the next galaxy, and the, they have a guesstimation of that, you know, and but you know, going places and stuff like. When you don't have the universe as an ending, you know, is is kind of a weird loop-de-doo of trying to accept, like, so how long does it take to get to the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't. Right. There's no, what do you it's mean so... you can't? You, you, you've got to be able to do that. I mean, what do you mean you can't? You can't get to the end of the, you can't see what's at the end of the block? So what's... Oh my gosh! This again, it kind of blows my mind to, to be thinking about these sort of things because there's so many like contradictory parts that it 
like you know i have this logical scaffold in right. my brain and this goes outside of that right. there's nothing because you can't have an up. ending if you could if you did have an ending to the universe well, then that's it you can't have an ending without a beginning because guess what now you've got a beginning on the other side of that wall mm-hmm. that's the end of the universe right mm-hmm. oh well there is that well there's the end of the end of the universe oh see there's something else so go back to what is time how would you describe time? It's unfortunately for me, it's it's. It, I I have to think of it as my life and what I ha- might have left. I use my time as as. It's a hard specific thing to... I- increments of my life. Mm-hmm. You could break it down into days or seconds, mm-hmm. but for me, it's just specific increments of my life. It's mm-hmm. not a place or um, a void. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Isn't it hard? Yeah. Cause you know, I, I, you listen to some talk of black holes and, and there was also talk recently about if two black holes collide, mm-hmm. is that potential of creating time or doing something with time too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it is, it's above me, you know, for sure. But, that's partly why I'm intrigued of looking into it, but I I don't know I I agree that's above my pay grade. It's so hard to describe what time is. In general, we think of time as a sequential thing, right? It's events that happen in a sequential order, and it continues to grow. And your your point about there had to have been a beginning. And there needs to be an end. Because it has to have a scale. Well, because, you know, humans sort of created this concept of time, right? It's part of our vocabulary. And we look at time from sort of the human existence of even sometimes if we look at it as ourselves, right? We were born. So we didn't exist before we were born. At some point, we're going to die. And, you know, those of, you, of us who are not religious believe that we don't exist after. So our existence is between this period of time. Uh, who was it? It might have been Ricky Gervais who said something about, you know, people give him a, a, the question of, so if you don't believe in heaven, then aren't you afraid of dying? And he says, well, some, he says something about, well, um, were you afraid before you were born? Well, no, because you, you had no, you didn't exist. And he says, exactly, that's the way I look at death, is that I don't, I'm not concerned about it because I didn't exist before I was born, and <laughs> it didn't bother me then. Well, <laughs> right? it's easy to right? say, but how about this? I'm cons- I get, I'm not bashful to say, I get concerned of not existing. Well, <laughs> we, so you we, know? yeah, we so, talked about this, so about So I aging. get concerned of, of, <laughs> of um, not, not being able to experience other things, you know, mm-hmm. other times sure. that's continued to go on, supposedly. Or actually, this is my show, people, and when I die, you guys are all out of there. <laughs> TV's off. You guys mm-hmm. don't play anymore down mm-hmm. this timeline. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you, you know, we had, I can't remember what podcast we talked about. We were talking about getting getting older. Maybe it hasn't aired yet. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but we talked about uh, us 
sort of becoming our parents and getting older and the fear of, of, of getting old. And it's a human emotion, of course. And it's funny how Ricky Gervais talks about this sort of idea that I didn't care about not existing before I was born. I'm going to have, I'm, I have the same perception of after, uh, again, it goes back to us defining time as this, is this period of sequential events, right? right? Uh, scientists, uh, they talk about space and time, and Einstein talked about space-time. And I don't fully get that, because I look at space and time, and you look at space as sort of like uh, a location, right? But so, we're also judging time from, like, is it as if Earth is the hub subs of, is the central location. I think Einstein's Because theory... what if there is no time? We just face time because... Of our, our lifespan, mm-hmm. so but there is no time outside of because because there is no beginning or ending. There is no time that exists. There's no old or young because it's never it's never not existed, and it will never get too old to not ex- to die. <laughs> it will always and it won't grow because it's infinite. So it's, your brain's going in overload, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to. <laughs> It's so crazy because right, right when it starts going to overload, you get you almost get crystal clear, and then and then it gets overloaded, and then it goes, yeah, 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 you know, that's that's the logical part in our brain where we kind of get to the edge and we go, oh no, 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 and we have to go back to what we know and are comfortable with. Uh, do you remember the the show Growing Pains? Yeah. So, and I don't know what this just popped in my head. There was an episode long, long time ago, and what's his name, Mike Seaver. That was the his dad. No, it was or it was the kid. I, I, I thought that was his name was Mike. Oh, maybe it is Mike Seaver. Yeah, gosh Mr. dang it, Seaver. it's a long time ago. Yeah, it is. So Ben, th- Mike, yep. So there's this there's this episode where I think he uh, maybe it's he stayed home from school or something, and the episode was uh, the the story basically was that that he didn't realize that the rest of life continued on without him. Right. See, he stayed home and wasn't a part of all of the things that he normally does throughout his normal day. And he kind of was like his sister had to bring to his attention. uh, Yeah, life does continue without you. That Christmas tree will still look beautiful without (laughs) one less bulb. Yeah. (laughs) And it just makes me think about how self uh, I don't want to say self-centered isn't isn't the right word, but our perspective of everything is really from our own existence, right? Our perspective, our brain processing all this, all this stuff that's going on around us. And so our sense of time is relative to us. And so Einstein has this theory of relativity where it kind of talks about space and time being relative to where we are at this moment. Right. There's this, uh, it's a show. I think I actually might've picked it up on, on YouTube. And I don't remember where it was from, but it, it had uh, this guy, Ronald uh, Millette, and it described if Einstein was in a in a rocket ship and he's traveling in a certain direction and he's got a brother and I can't remember what they named his brother, but they're in they're in two rocket ships and Einstein has light beams on on the front of his rocket ship and he he turns those beams on and light moves away from where he's at, goes out into space that speed is light speed. And he says, okay, so his brother in the in the rocket ship next to him takes off out in front of him, 
and then Einstein turns the light on, and that light zooms on by him. The idea is, is that because Einstein's brother is going super fast, basically light speed in one direction, when the light is turned on, his brother sees it at light speed going by him, like immediately. Sees it at light speed, because light speed is relative to the person observing it. Okay, kind of blows your mind a little bit. But Einstein, who turned on the lights, and his brother taking off, his perception of those things are going at the same speed, perception of it, light speed. But the perception of his brother saw the light zoom by at light speed, as if he were standing still. Yeah. That's sort of the relativity part, right? It's It's based on who's observing it at where they're at. That concept blows my mind because it's not a universal light speed is this speed, and if you're going that speed, then it's like two two trains, you know, keeping up with each right. other. Light speed, boom, right by you as if you were standing still. It doesn't, it blows my mind. Right. I don't it, fully it's... understand <clears throat> how that is a possibility. But Einstein, super bright guy, did all this now with that being said all of these people who are theoretical physicists who study this kind of stuff so they're theoretical how do they come up with these things what tools do they use lsd (laughs) (laughs) that would make sense (laughs) like like, dave you got 72 hours you need to come up with something i'm like oh crap um (laughs) Where do I get some LSD? (laughs) All right. Oh, man, I got some stuff for you. (laughs) Well, because because it's mind-blowing. Exactly. That's what I mean is it's it's warping. Mm -hmm. And and it's weird because it's it's real stuff. It's like space and time is real. And it's 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 it's, you would think that we should be able to contemplate or or, uh, comprehend comprehend it. Thank you. So the so the theoretical physicists they're using mathematics and I don't know what other tools to test whether these things could be true, okay. And then there's the other side, which is the I think they're called the experimental physicists, where they're physicists but they actually do real experiments to determine. It's like more traditional type experimentation, right? Where you're uh, you're coming up with your hypothesis and then you use things to test it. Right. Um, to see if so it's true. Here's an example. Have you heard? Oh, gosh. Ethan, maybe you can look up CERN, the particle collider. Boy, okay. I have heard. Have you heard about, heard, heard about this? I think that's what it's called. So, and I don't know where it's at. Ethan, you can probably figure out where it's at. But they have this massive thing. We're talking miles and miles long, and it's a particle collider. They send particles in opposite directions on a specific trajectory. And what they do is they collide these things. There it is. Oh, and, yes, and, I have. And what's and interesting that is bad news. Well, and what's interesting, I don't know everything about it, but what's interesting about it is that these are these are those uh, these experimental physicists who are actually doing these things and measuring the results of these experiments. And what they're finding is there are theoretical and experimental physicists who come to the same conclusions 
because one's testing and the other is theorizing using mathematics and other things. And this Hedron uh, Collider is giving us the laboratory to test whether certain things are true. And they're discovering new particles. They're, 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 they're discovering all kinds of different things because there's, this is the only sort of laboratory that they could use to actually produce what they're doing. You know what they're... Yeah, go ahead. So I, I've read up on some of that stuff, and they're, they're trying to essentially create the Big Bang, what they think that could create life. And by creating how these people's theory of how a Big Bang theory had occurred, and there's been scares about something like this because they could also say that something like this is a planet destroyer that could essentially, if they could create what they want to create, could perhaps destroy our planet. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, like they're trying to create something insane. Uh, um, at least that's that's why I was reading about it. And and the fun other part about it was is that supposedly. The people that were working on this said that it was, it reminded me of a little Stargate, mm -hmm. but that they had, that they had felt that they had, had hurt, like they felt like they had opened up something and then they wanted to shut it, like a portal of something. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that that's, that's what I happened to have ran across when I was reading about this was the concerns of this thing. I'll I'll have to read a little bit more about it because the stuff that I've read it doesn't talk about what you're mentioning. I'm always on this side, remember. I know I, know. <laughs> I always you, I always find the you I always like read conspiracy stuff, right? Right, because because guess what? Until I find out otherwise, I'm always going to think, "Hey, you know what? They could be doing something funnier over there, making some <laughs> some ape army like that didn't happen." <laughs> I've seen movies. Well, I think it's a very interesting um, uh, melding of the experimental physicist and the the theoretical physicist, yeah. because they're actually doing the mathematics, hypothesizing, using the mathematics to figure out if something could be true, and then these guys are actually testing whether it is. Yeah, that's and of course they be. do it in 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 the, these particles, right? Uh, I don't know much about that side of things, but I'm just saying that it's cool that they have the ability to take some of these mathematical theories and then actually test whether they're true. Because what bothers me the most about time travel is that these folks are only using mathematical equations and those type of tools to determine whether this is something that's possible. And that's where I go, oh my gosh, what if, and I'm not a mathematician, and I wasn't so good at math when I was younger, mm -hmm. and I, I actually... That's probably why I steer away from science, because there's so much of it involved. Well, sure, <clears throat> to, yeah. Well... I think it's <laughs> it's all involved, I think. I don't know enough of, about mathematics to go, um, yeah, I'm, I feel certain that their math is right, and what they're doing is, that's totally right... Because, again, if you're a theoretical physicist and you're using mathematic equations and other, other mathematical tools to figure out whether time travel is a possibility and the potential to build a time machine, and then we discuss these time-like paradoxes, mm -hmm. that's where there's conflict. Because, logically, there's a, there's a problem here. To go back in time... 
and change something that you know has already happened and you're now in time, it, does it influence this now future that you're still sitting in? Math doesn't talk about that. There's a conflict. Math right. says, yes, we can do this. So, it, but the paradox still exists. So, like, and I'm trying to think of something here that's major. So, like, if we went back in time and took out the people that invented, let's say, cell phones, you know, mm -hmm. so the instantly, I mean, how how is that possible to? I mean, because you do that to that one person. So what in everybody on this planet, even even the people that's never even seen a cell phone, their lives would would have to have changed because everybody else now would have to have lived and still have memories of that time without it. Mm -hmm. You're talking about that butterfly effect though, right? That's kind of going yeah, going mm -hmm. something like that. Am I off of a little bit of what you're No, I saying? I no, I think that's exactly because Yeah. It, it's yeah. Isn't it mind-blowing, though? Yeah, it is. If you really spend some time thinking about this stuff, it hurts your brain. Because all of the logical scaffolding that we have in our brain to make sense of what we know and the potential of things. That, uh, one, that one tidbit could literally change every single thing that, as this planet would know in that time mm -hmm. continuum, whatever. I don't know what the heck they call it. <laughs> but in that time... Mm -hmm. in that time so there was a time not too long ago that i was really curious about gravity i wanted to understand what gravity was because we feel gravity but we don't really know what gravity is where it comes from we know that things that are are very massive very dense has a, a larger gravitational pull in fact, in one of our episodes, stay tuned because you'll probably uh, you'll probably see it come up on our feed. But we talk about Bob Lazar uh -huh. and right. his his uh, his saucer or whatever his disc flying disc flying disc, <laughs> and 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 talks he talks about gravity as as a propulsion unit, mm. right? It, that's it's, it manipulates gravity in order to move move around. Well, so I was very curious about gravity and what do we know about it? And even today, as I've looked into it quite a lot, I still don't fully grasp what gravity is. I know when you talk about like black holes and there's like this massive gravitational force so, so strong that light cannot escape from it, which is why when we look at a black hole, we don't see light. We see black because light gets sucked into it. Right. And there's no escape. Now, we have looked at it through, like, X-ray and some other non-observable like observable light, right? You see it in, in other ways, and it's pretty cool to see some of these. I don't even know if they're an interpretation of, of, the, of what we're seeing or mm -hmm. if it's actually one of our, you know, telescopes that it's providing these images right. back to us. But... But you can see it through other other methods of non-observable light, like X-ray, and and it's very very fascinating. We start to understand a little bit more about these black holes. But again, gravity for us, we are on Earth, and Earth is pretty large, and so we have 
we're our feet are stuck to the ground because of gravity so, and how we move around the sun has a lot to do with gravity how the moon you know, moves around us you know has... how i feel that gravity is <clears throat> how i put gravity so i could understand it which is still could be questionable yeah. my understanding is could be still questionable but i think gravity is actually magnetism so this whole planet is a magnet Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I've always wondered, like, the saucers, I haven't heard anything of it, because this is, this is, last thing I really need is for people to hear my insane <laughs> personal theories, or ideas, or, or if I had a zillion bucks, I would, what I would attempt to do is, you know, is, you know, like, I, since this is a magnet, why not we try to see if we, or if we haven't already, utilize that, like, they utilize it in roller coasters, magnet brakes, you know, use magnets to propel things mm-hmm. quietly and and so if mm-hmm. i was to think that i feel that a magnet just like if you have a magnet and you could have a heavy magnet or a weak magnet and it, you could only do so mm-hmm. much up against another magnet mm-hmm. but or it attracts you to, uh, to a certain strength and i feel that that gravity to me is kind of like a magnet it's a certain strength of a magnet that will holds us down we can only jump so far off you know if we had a weaker magnet we would be able to jump further off of the ground i think that's an excellent way of looking at it Uh, because because you're talking about a a magnetic force and gravity has some force and i feel that not to not to i want you to keep saying that but like like lazar if he talks about it's gravitational propulsion Mm -hmm. then and in my head when i think of gravity i think of magnet you know magnetism mm-hmm. and i'm like man maybe that's what my my idea was is to be able to use the magnetism field of earth as propulsion to mm-hmm. quietly move things around the you you never see a saucer or a flying disc go by going <laughs> right it's always silent you know yeah. but anyways but <clears throat> I, I think i think i'm gonna probably get you uh thinking more about science no, I wouldn't doubt that a bit. <laughs> because, You're just going to have to because, break down those words for me. <laughs> because this is the kind of stuff that starts to get you thinking. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. And, and it's like, so your understanding currently of magnetism, uh, you know there are certain properties of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you compare it to something like with gravity, well, there's something that's worth going exploring right. and learning a little bit more about it. I am very fascinated by magnetism. There's a great series. Uh, gosh, Neil deGrasse Tyson comes out. It's called Cosmos, right? Mm-hmm. It's the second version of, of what uh, Carl Sagan had created originally. And there's there's probably some stuff in there that you go, ah, oh, that's BS, you know. And and then there's going to be some other stuff that goes, oh, well, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. But they go through a lot of different stuff in science, uh, like the history of of science and scientists and people who sort of predate our understanding of the scientific method, Mm -hmm. but but very important figures that came, came through. In fact, uh, Edmund Halley, my great, 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 great uncle, Edmund Halley, uh, worked with Isaac Newton and uh, which I had no idea that they interacted with each other, but those folks established a, a, an understanding of certain aspects of science that even today is relevant and we can learn from. There's studies of 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 uh, oh, wavelengths sure. uh, of light 
there's studies of particles there's studies of of like the quantum um uh, space which is things that are really really small and how they how what we think they how they they interact how they how things are in a very small space seems to be contradictory to how things operate in a larger space like we're at yeah right let alone what what you know a massive let's say um you know the milky way and how those components interact with each other gravity is one of those things i go that is such an interesting thing especially because we're you know 2021 and we're still trying to figure out what gravity actually is right it's magnetism <laughs> it's i don't think it's magnetism i'm going but with it. but i think i think there's some very no, there's some similarities yeah. there uh th- th- i'm because I love science and I'm going to talk you into more science, uh, we'll probably have some podcasts that go over some of these other things because I find it very fascinating and it, it really is relatable to our understanding of these other things like time travel. Yeah, Gravity has something to do with time. I don't fully get what gravity is and I don't fully understand what this whole space-time I, thing is. I know because I've, I've heard that and it was just recently I something popped up about Maybe that's what intrigued me because I've looked up this stuff a while back and, and I and I dove into it and so um, I didn't dive into it as as heavily this time because I have already done it but something that popped up saying that they had found proof of that there is uh, time travel or or you know and mm-hmm. so I'm like you know what I think I want to yeah, look, look a little it. bit of stuff so it was nice to be able to look into it again and 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 to remember. There was a great video. I wish I could have it, could look it up. Um, but there was somebody trying to explain how you could, about time travel, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and it had something to do with a guy sitting on a chair. <clears throat> and I think he's holding the ball. Okay. And he slides, and he slides him this, and he slides it. Yeah. And then he has him do this to the ball mm-hmm. while he's sitting there. And now he moves him while yeah. he's doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was like, oh. And so for for almost like a, a shutter speed flash, I go, oh, I get it. Oh. So now I go to somebody and go, hey, man, guess what I learned? I Never mind. I didn't learn anything, apparently. That's so funny. <laughs> so. I, that's exactly how I kind of describe it in my head. I go, oh, I got it. And then I try to talk about it or explain it. I go, so ah, I don't some, think I have it. Something I've learned a lot, and and especially even with, you know, me being religious, is because I do have a lot of beliefs, mm-hmm. and and I feel that especially now that I'm discussing things more openly with you, I, I've I've read a lot of things and watched and listened to a lot of things that help me guide me to my beliefs or understanding, but to sit down and now be a teacher to teach that to somebody and and it it bothers me that oh i don't know if i should even claim that i've learned that (laughs) because if i can't in turn explain my point about why it's i feel like i failed myself completely you know Mm -hmm. i got to a point and didn't complete it you know so i know that there's a lot of things that i've learned and i believe is 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 accurate but it's it's hard for me to to explain. Dave, so th- this is a very important thing, and I I use this exact concept 
uh, when I'm working with my javelin throwers. Because for me, I used to be a competitive javelin thrower. And then I started teaching young kids on how to throw the javelin. And what I found going through the process of teaching others is that I needed to learn a lot more about it. I knew a small sliver right. of, of the javelin throw. And when I started teaching kids these these concepts, it, uh, it, it made a lot more sense to me as a javelin thrower. You know what? Maybe I should experiment a little bit. See if this concept that I was taught by whoever is actually true. And since then, I mean, I've been doing this, I don't know, 20-whatever years. Uh, I, I look at it from the perspective that if you want to be knowledgeable in anything, you can't just be the student. You need right. to become the teacher. You have to. Because if you're open-minded enough, you're going to realize in the process of teaching someone else that there is stuff that you still need you to can't learn. can't fully... Here's, this is how I should have said it is. I believe now that it better... Like, I, got, I, was, I was content. I didn't talk to a whole lot of people, but I, I won't fully understand what I'm talking about until I'm able to teach it mm -hmm. because there's gaps that's, that's, I'm, that, that's missing, mm -hmm. you know, from, you know, just talking about plumbing or, you know, you know, just little things. It doesn't have to be anything in depth mm -hmm. even. So, so it's, it, it's good for me because I, I, it gives me room to, to want to grow is I hate really truly having uh, belief and I hate going, Hey, well, here, listen to that guy. Okay. That's what I believe. Okay. Because I need to believe it and fully understand it for myself. Yeah. As you try and articulate it to others, you start to realize where some of your gaps might be. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but then, but also I really go, Oh my gosh, I had, I've missed out on this or that or that angle. You know, there's, yeah. and it's fun for me. I, and, and I, I wish as a young, as a kid, that I had the want that I do now to learn things. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about learning anything when I was a kid. <laughs> and, but now I'm, you have a curious curiosity. I am. I used to go over to Paul, uh, mom and Paul's mm -hmm. house and, and sit there and, and I love seeing your mom. You know, I'd go, I'll be honest. <laughs> I used to always go there, hang out with your mom mm -hmm. and see your mom. And I do, I did. And, and but mm -hmm. But, you know, I fell in love with Paul, and mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there, and I just want him to tell me something, some history, some stories yeah. of things. And it was, it was so fun for me because I was absorbing it. And I'm like, dang it, why mm -hmm. didn't I give two craps yeah. about just listening and reading something? So you know? Paul was a very well-read person. Yeah. And he would have these conversations with a lot of other people. And so what you're talking about as far as, like, the teaching side of things yeah. is just having conversations where, where you're talking about these concepts and and articulating it to someone else i think he became so much brighter through the years because he loved to talk to people yeah and he was well read a lot of stuff that he came up with early on i was like i don't he's totally a, get he, that he's a questioner is that a word yeah you know he would in my belief of paul is if, you know, if he reads something, if he finds something, he's like that sounds like bs all right i'm going to go look into that <laughs> and he's going to question he's not going to just take it Word mm -hmm. for word, because yeah. he's a guy that has to have his knowledge right. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, yeah. you know, it w it was really cool, especially with history. You know, mm -hmm. for him to yeah uh, to explain some because I didn't care about history, especially mm -hmm. history and math. I did like mm -hmm. science, but 
<laughs> yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of the stuff that, that he and I would talk, because I was guilty of the same thing. I'd go to see my mom and I'd sit there and talk to him for hours. Uh, as I got older and I started learning, you know, my uh, understanding of, of the world uh, grew, the conversations got better and better because then there were things that I could relate to and I could understand a lot better. There's things that he was talking to me when I was in college and I was just very close-minded at that at that time in my life. And I, I just sort of discounted a lot of stuff he said because I didn't know that there was this world outside of it. Yeah. And, and he obviously has, you know, he, he contributed to my my growth, I think, as I'm not an intellectual, but I'd like to think that I have some of those... <laughs> Some of those uh, uh, traits now. College didn't do you any good, uh, brother. <laughs> but, but the idea is, he he helped me grow as as a person and understand things a little bit better. And 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 now as we're doing this podcast, I think this is such a fascinating thing to be able to articulate, to do some research, right? To learn about some stuff and then to be able to talk it out. Because yeah. obviously, in this conversation, I don't really fully get all the stuff that we're talking about. Well, and and. You know what? And I would like to assume that that we're not the only ones. Some people that are listening to us could go, you know, that's kind of how the conversation that I would yeah. ha- end up having yeah. too, because we're not experts on mm-hmm. it. We're not, you know, uh, you know, going to understand literally all the. I mean, I'm. You might sound like I'm kidding, but I really don't understand half the words. So, mm-hmm. you know, diving into some of the science of things is hard to dive in when, when. You can't understand half the words, even if it's in English. Yeah, but, yeah, but it, but if you're if you're fascinated enough by it, you're gonna go out and you're gonna and learn some of this stuff. Dig, yeah, yeah. And I think that's terribly important. There's just unfortunately a lot of people don't do that. Yep. Right. They, I mean, they just don't, either don't want to put in the effort, the mental effort, or take the time away from the other stuff that they're yeah. doing. I know. Yeah. I used to write little lists and or take little snapshots of things that little statements people might make and I'm going, Whoa, Hey, that sounds interesting. I, and I don't want to take their word for it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go look into that. Did that person say that? Or was this, mm-hmm. you know, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And then I'll find that so much time has gone by that I haven't had time to go re to look it up, <laughs> you know? So, cause yeah. there's a daily grind, you know, and, sure. and there's more people that are in it and they just try to find little fun things in their life. Just, you know, further, just to say they had, they could have a good day. Yeah, and don't put in the time to reward themselves with knowledge because mm-hmm. I know I don't sound that smart, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not completely stupid. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I believe I'm not. I'm not a completely dumb guy, but there are so many things out there that I want to have it. You know, to make make it. To know what I'm looking at is clearly, mm-hmm. you know, to confirm that certain things, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of things in life that I've, I've thought was a one way and then to find out something else. And, and I'm open to understanding and change of, of you know, most things. So well, my, my hope is that at some point we'll, we'll actually be bringing guests onto the show who are knowledgeable in these areas and maybe learn a little bit more just here on the show and start asking right. some some questions. I, I think that that'll probably be in our future. We need to get some good old nerdy buddies mm-hmm. to come talk to some <laughs> science people. You know, mm-hmm. we we have a lot of people in different fields and stuff, so yeah. it wouldn't be a bad idea to yeah. have some people come out and express some what they know, mm-hmm. not just with science, but for other things too. So. Yeah. Well, those of you who are listening, uh, mailbag at nevertoserious.com. If you know some folks want to be on the show, Give us some uh, knowledge. 
Or yeah, just, please. Or just participate. Hey, you know, send us an email. Let us know because I think it'd be, I, I it'd be fascinating. Yeah, I totally enjoy it. So. I would be open to be listening and, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I, I think it'd be a great time. So uh, let's let's uh, wrap this thing up. What do you say, Dave? Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so very famous quote. I want you to guess who who said it. Okay. Okay. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created in by the go, you know, you know the thing. I know what that one is. I bet you that's old President uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> that sounds like some slack John yeah, Yokel talk to me. You, you are you are very uh, perceptive. You is that pay, am I right? You are right. Yeah, oh, you must pay attention man. to this stuff. Sounds so much like him. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm looking for uh, more content from well, uh, President Biden. He's well, he's got so many fun quotes. I think he, we're he's feature he's a full bunch of them, these. and I think that we'll have unfortunately four more years of a lot of them. <laughs> well, it's going to be entertaining. It will be, you know, we're, reading yep. reading all of all of these wonderful quotes. Entertaining. I can't wait to go through the rest of them. It's going to be. Oh, it's great! I can't wait. It's <laughs> just great. It's just sad that that that's that's uh, going to be the president. Yeah. That's hate right. to have to sit here and make fun of our presidents. Well, I, I mean, you know I guess what? they did it to George Bush. Yeah, I mean, it goes around. I mean, you got to have a sense of humor about this stuff. I hope he it's does, because ne- it's going to be brutal. Never too serious. <laughs> never too serious, Dave. That's right. And you know what? I have to say, again, like, may not be a big deal to some, but it's a big deal to me. This is our 10th, you know, uh, show, and I'm happy that we're continuing to do it, having a good time learning, and Mm-hmm. And uh, sharing time and yeah, speaking with these people. So I, I totally agree. I'm I'm having a good time. I you know to be honest, I would love for folks to to share our content with other folks. Yeah. So you know if you're you know listening to us, just uh, you know tell some folks. We we would so appreciate you just sharing the show and and bringing uh, a, a few more folks into to listen to the content. Yeah. And <laughs> again, we'd love for you to participate. So send us an email. Or go on to anchor.fm and leave us a voice message. That yep. would be cool, too. That'd be great. We're just trying to have fun, and, and we're just trying to include everybody else and to, involve in, to be involved in what we're doing. And um, the more support we could get from you, the better it could help us. Mm-hmm. And so please, especially right now, it's, it's, it's going to be hard for us to, to even stay afloat, I think. So <laughs> I want us to ask and thank you guys for um watching but we're asking for you know to please reach out and 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 ask some other people to watch for us i'd really appreciate it Mm -hmm. yep we do so we're gonna leave you with that and until we see you next time uh take care yep be safe